Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. She's a fashion blogger, model, and entrepreneur. She's amazing. The latest tips on fashion, beauty, wellness, travel, and her lifestyle. And now, here's the founder and creator of Not Basic Blonde, Olasha. Hi guys, welcome back to Not Basic Blonde podcast. Ladies, you'll find so many answers to your questions about women's health and hormones in this episode because my guest is Alisa Vitti and she's integrative nutritionist, hormone expert and best-selling author and creator of my flow app. So in this episode, we'll be discussing what are the signs of hormonal imbalances and how to fix them, how birth control affects our body and our hormones, what supplements every woman should take, how to fix hormonal hair loss, what are the benefits of orgasm for women's health, and what every woman needs to know about caffeine, and why diets don't work for women. But before we dive in, to show some extra love and support the show, tag NBB Podcast on your Instagram stories, and if you haven't, don't forget to subscribe, rate and review Not Basic Blonde Podcast on Apple Podcasts. Hi, Alisa. Welcome to Not Basic Blonde Podcast. How are you today? I'm good, Olia. Thank you for having me here. Oh, thank you. Let's dive in. Would you please tell our listeners about yourself? So I'm a functional nutrition and women's hormone health expert. I'm the founder of a femtech company called Flow Living, F-L-O, living.com. And we are a hormonal healthcare platform that helps people in between their gynecologist visits take care of their hormones better. Um, I've also created an app called MyFlow. I've written two books, uh, one called Woman Code and the newest one that's just out called In the Flow. How did you decide to become a nutritionist and hormone expert? Well, my own experience of having a hormonal problem really changed my perspective on the quality of healthcare was for women with hormonal problems. So when I was all throughout my teenage years, I was struggling, although I was not diagnosed with a condition called PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome, and, uh, you know, had access to the best doctors and no one knew what was wrong with me or even to which questions to ask to get to figure out what was wrong. And when I did finally help make my diagnosis and have it confirmed with my gynecologist, she didn't have anything for me to, to fix the situation. And so it inspired a, uh, an immediate passion to try to help myself, which turned into a passion to help every woman who finds herself in that gap, you know, where um, you have PCOS or fibroids or serious PMS or um, endometriosis or heavy bleeding or, you know, your hormones are out of whack or infertility and perimenopause. And you go to the doctor and they may 
tell you what's wrong with you, but then there isn't much that they can offer to support you after the fact. And uh, that what I'm passionate about and why I do what I do. The thing was, I've had kind of, you know, problems with hormones. I felt something is off, but mm. when I come to OBGYN, they don't tell you anything. They were like, well, I don't know. It's basically, you can order hormonal tests. You have to go to a special doctor or you go to med spa where you can get like the whole panel of hormonal screening. But usually just regular OBGYN, they don't really give you many options. Like you said, that's so true. Yeah. And I just think that it's not because they're not excellent doctors they are it's just that there's no training right now in medical school to bring a more systemic uh sort of viewpoint to really look at you know what does it mean really when a woman's hormones are imbalanced it's not that she's just deficient in that hormone it means so much more has gone on in the endocrine system that can be addressed better in fact um, with diet and lifestyle than just, let's say, topping up that hormonal deficiency with synthetic hormones. So I think, you know, I'm always optimistic that as we've seen in other verticals within met the conventional medical model, that a more integrative approach will be adopted eventually because, you know, there's a lot of overlaps now where functional medicine and conventional medicine are merging. And so I just think that women's healthcare is significantly overdue for that to happen. And, you know, Flow Living is um, very happy to be a place where gynecologists refer their patients to say, yes, we, we know that, you know, if you're going to want to make some improvements with your symptoms that changing diet and lifestyle can help and, and flow living is the place that we want you to go to. So that, that's a nice start. And then we'll see how things progress in terms of um, what kind of training, uh, you know, doctors will be getting uh, as they, as they take on the role of becoming a gynecologist. Right. And would you please tell us more about your book, Woman Code? So Woman Code is the first book that I wrote, and it's a book that really is a great place to start if you have a diagnosed menstrual condition, right? Because it's going to give you some um, visibility into why that's happening in your body and what natural steps you can take to recover or support your endocrine system so that your body can do its job of balancing your hormones, right? Um, and so it'll tell you what the steps of the, the flow protocol are, and it will give you a lot of resources as to how you can start to help yourself. Um, and, and it's a book that a lot of women, when they read it at first, feel like, you know, why hasn't anyone ever told me this before? And it makes a lot of sense. And I'm, I'm, very glad that that women feel like it's easy to understand and easy to implement because the last thing we need when we're already feeling so confused and overwhelmed about our hormonal issues is uh, you know something that feels even more confusing and overwhelming and the the book is definitely the opposite of that it's very easy and enjoyable to read and i think that makes an important difference in how you're going to go about getting started with your self care yeah, that's so true. And what inspired you to write the flow book? In the flow? Well, that's an interesting story, actually, because um, I have been taking care of women for the pa almost 20 years now. And in the past five years, Olia, the thing that I've been noticing 
is that we've had so much more than ever before in like all of recorded human history, actually, more uh, uh, conversation in public mediums like, uh, you know, online wellness websites and mainstream media too, talking about menstruation. You know, they've called it the menstrual mainstreaming movement that's sort of erupted over the past five years. And I was very excited about that for so many reasons, but the main one being, I thought, Finally, we're going to have mass distribution of correct information and women's symptoms will start to go down and we'll have less women with these issues. But I've been tracking the statistics and it turns out that almost 50% of women are still struggling with hormonal issues. And I just thought, God, what can we do? You know, what is going on? Why is this not getting any better? And I started to search for a deeper root cause. Why, why is it that so many women are struggling, but when we compare that to men, it's like under 10%. You know, why is it so different between men and women? And that led me to um, look at a few things. The first was that I, dis- I uncovered that uh, women are being left out of medical fitness and nutrition research, which is really a problem because when we don't have adequate research being done on our bodies, then we lack support and solutions for our unique needs, which is exactly why so many more women are suffering compared to men, right? Who are being researched as the standard of, you know, human clinical trials. And then the second thing that I sort of uncovered was this relatively unknown term in chronobiology that refers to the particular biological rhythm that women have called the infradian rhythm. And this is super, super important. So we all know about our circadian rhythm, right? It governs our wake sleep cycle, but it also governs the timing of so many other functions within your body, like the timing of your bowel movements, the timing of your blood pressure being higher or lower, et cetera, et cetera. The infradian rhythm is unique to women and unique to women only from their first period to their very last period, so only during your reproductive years. And although we experience it over the course of our monthly cycle, just like the circadian rhythm governs much more than the sleep-wake cycle, the infradian rhythm governs much more than the menstrual cycle. It governs six systems of the body from the brain, the metabolism, the microbiome, the stress response system, the immune response system, and the reproductive system, which includes your, your period, your fertility, and your sex drive. So when I looked at all that together, right, more women are suffering than men, women are being left out of the research, and everything that we're told, like intermittent fasting is good for you, or high-intensity interval training is the gold standard of weight loss, um, all of that's actually predicated on research that's being done on men. So when you do it, because of this infradian rhythm, you're disrupting your infradian rhythm and you're causing havoc in these six systems of your body, from your brain to your metabolism to your period. And then it all sort of fit into place where it made sense that why so many more women are, are struggling compared to men, because we, without realizing it, are doing just about everything that is fundamentally disruptive to this infradian rhythm, and we're paying the price. So I wanted to write a book to help us understand that problem, understand what the infradian rhythm is, how it affects these systems of the body, and to give you a brand new solution 
uh, to supporting this infradian rhythm, and that's called the cycle syncing method, where which has three fundamental pillars. You know, the first is that you change what you're eating based on where you are in your cycle. You change which workouts you're doing based on where you are in the cycle, and you manage your your time, your creativity, and your productivity based on what's happening uh, where you are in the cycle, what's happening with your brain changes, and so it's really a revolutionary step forward in terms of, you know, self-health care for women in their reproductive years because it's actually based on our biology as opposed to everything we've been doing. And by the way, that's never working, uh, you know, that we've tried all the different diets and workouts and skincare and this and that, or success, you know, the power mornings, whatever you've been trying and feels like it must be your fault that it's not working. It's not your fault. It's that it's all based on a system that supports male hormonal biological rhythms, which follow that 24-hour circadian rhythm. And it can't work for you because you have two clocks. You have the circadian clock and the infradian. So it's really important that you include your infradian rhythm in your self-care. And I teach you how to do that in this new book, In the Flow. Oh my God, I didn't even know about this, that it's been done on men because I've done intermittent fasting, I've done interval training and it actually made my cycle over crazy. That's so- right. That's right. That's exactly right. When you do things that disrupt your infradian rhythm, your that's, a, that's what I mean when it starts to wreak havoc on one of these six systems of the body or multiple, right? You'll see it in your period. You'll see it with your weight. You'll see it with your moods, your brain fog. Um, your sex drive, you'll start to see how you have many, many symptoms and you sit there thinking, oh, these are not connected, but they are all connected through the infradian rhythm. What are the main signs of hormonal imbalances? Oh, sure. Like, you know, PMS is a sign of hormonal imbalance. Acne, hormonal acne is can be a hormonal imbalance symptom. Um, heavy bleeding, uh, if you have a diagnosed menstrual disorder, um, weight issues, thyroid issues, there are so many different signs that the body gives us. I think we're just told to kind of ignore them. And so we don't do anything about it. Yeah. And some of my friends, in, including me, I, I mean, I'm on birth control for many years and I've asked my doctor, like, how can I check my hormones because I feel something off? And they said, you can't because you're on the birth control. So does birth control affect our hormones? And how do you quit the birth control without side effects? So birth control definitely affects your hormones because you're, it is a synthetic form of hormone, right? So you're taking synthetic hormones and it shuts off your body's uh, own production of those hormones. So it absolutely affects you profoundly and it stops ovulation, um, which is not a good thing because every ovulation you have in your reproductive years protects your brain, your heart, and your bones when you stop having a period and your postmenopausal. So it's really important to ovulate every month, and it's really important to you know deeply consider why you're taking birth control. Now, if you're taking it just to prevent pregnancy, that's your absolute right to do. But if you're taking it because you've been told it's the only way to, to deal with your period problems, then that's not true. Um, it's not the only way and it's not even a good way because of all the side effects that, that come with it. In fact, I just did a Facebook Live on the Flow Living Facebook page, which you can all go and, and watch a video 
we, we keep them up there forever, about all the different side effects that uh, come with taking the pill, which are pretty significant. To come off of it without side effects is impossible, actually, because what it, what it, how it really affects you, it depletes your, micro, your uh, micronutrient levels, it disrupts your microbiome, it's, it can change the size of your sebaceous glands on your skin, it shuts off ovulation, it messes with your brain chemistry and your mood. So coming off of it, um, that's all while you're on it. When you come off of it, you have to deal with all of those things. So there's no way to come off of it without side effects. What you want to do is learn how to, if you're going to transition, you know, talk with your doctor about your plans to come off of the medication. And then I encourage you all to um, you know, download our free birth control rehab guide to learn you know, what are the supplements you want to take, um, what kinds of foods you want to start eating long before you even come off of that medication, just to give your body an, a little bit of a fighting chance to not feel so depleted um, when you eventually do, again, with your doctor. Uh, try to come off of it safely and in a monitored fashion. The reason I was put on birth control was I was probably 18 and I was on a crazy diet and I did not have my period for three months. So doctors were really concerned and that's why they decided to put me on birth control. And since then, I never really stopped. I, I've been always on it and because I, I was afraid that it probably will get irregular, like my period will be irregular. Yeah, I mean, you know, for example, if you were on a crazy diet, right, and I don't know if you shared that with your doctor, but if, if you had, you know, then the information or the feedback from your doctor ideally would have been, Olia, you know, when you, you know, restrict calories too much and lose too much body mass, right, body fat, you're going to stop ovulation, Right. And so what we need you to do in order to restart your period is to eat enough food so that your body knows that it has abundance of nutrients to go through the whole cycle. Right. And this can be particularly challenging if if you know it's one thing if it's a diet, but it's another thing if it's, you know, eating disorder level, you know, of an issue. And so, you know, I think again, right, let's look at the root causes as opposed to just tossing a medication vacation into a situation because you didn't get the help that you needed at that moment, which was to, you know, start eating in a way that actually supports your hormones. That's what you needed. You didn't necessarily need that medication, right? And so now here you are 14 years later, and you got to deal with that now. Yeah, I agree with you. That's so true. Yeah. How birth control disrupts dating? I know you had a very interesting article on it, and I would like for you to share it too. Yeah, it's interesting. So there's this famous sweaty t-shirt study that shocks that that showed that women who are taking synthetic birth control are actually attracted to the wrong mate. Um, and it isn't. It is not necessarily a pheromone issue. It's more that we have evidently in our somehow in our olfactory system the ability to sniff out um, a partner who is. Gen the most genetically and immunologically different from us. And that's a huge advantage uh, because then when you go to make a new person with that person, right, when you make, try to conceive a baby, that baby is going to have this, the benefit of the, all the strengths that come from the, your two sets of genes that are very different. And so you'll have less risk of miscarriage, and you'll have a healthier child, and all of that is very, very good. And that nature has already set us up for that. 
when you take synthetic birth control, any form that interrupts that process and you instead are attracted to someone who is genetically and immunologically very similar to you. So if you were to then, let's say, have a baby with that person, there could be more risks of miscarriage and other health complications for the child. So yeah, it's um, not great. And then there are some anecdotal observations being made by other colleagues in the space around the fact that um, some women really find that when they go off the medication and they're in this committed relationship, that they find that they literally like cannot stand this person. <laughs> Because what happens when you're on birth control is it profoundly changes who you are. It changes your brain so, so profoundly. You're not actually yourself. And Dr. Sarah Hill has wrote a ve written a very important book about this um, called Your Brain on Birth Control that I think any woman who's on birth control should read because it's really, it really spells out just how much it changes who you are. So you're, you, you're making like a life a big life decision when you're not even fully yourself. And so then when women go off of it, they're, they kind of wake up and come back to who they really are. And they're like, I don't even like this person. <laughs> you know? So it's, it, you'd kind of want to hope to avoid that. Right. And I know some men who have dealt with this a few times in their dating experience and now will only date women who are not on synthetic birth control so they can have a fair chance at having a successful long-term relationship. That's very interesting. Who would think that, right? But <laughs> Well, it's, it's, nobody would think it, but we should all be informed about it before we make these big important decisions about taking medications or um, you know what what we should be doing with our hormonal health care management and i think that's the fundamental issue i have no issue with the birth control i think it's a right every woman should have to take it when she wants it's a great a great thing that women have access to what i have an issue with is the fact that women don't know about all the 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 trade-offs, you know, and that it's also that they're being told that this will fix them, their period problems, when that's not the, not true. And so that's my issue. But I think if you have full disclosure, and you're an adult, and you want to make that choice, that's perfectly fine. There is definitely not enough information about all this anywhere. Yeah, well, that is why I have built this company and do what we do and write the blogs and, and come and talk to everybody because I agree. I think until every woman just knows this, like, like the sky is blue, um, you know, we just have to keep making sure that they do. Does your period change with age? Certainly. I mean, your cycle is, you know, supposed to be regular during the height of your reproductive years, you know, which is, um, let's say 15 to 35, even though people are not actually reproducing, but these are your peak reproductive years, 15 to 35. And then from 35 to 45, your, your hormones begin, they're very, very slow progression towards changing a bit, making less and less of those hormones, making more and more follicular stimulating hormones, suppressing ovulation over time, 45 to 55, you know, depending on your, your history, um, you know, you will stop ovulating and have a less and less regular cycle until you have no cycle. And that's the whole process of, you know, this journey from puberty to menopause is that it takes a few years to get started and it takes a few years for it to stop. Uh, but there's a nice big stable chunk of time, about two solid decades. Actually, it's more like three where you have a very regular healthy period. What is the stress hormone connection? Well, 
I think that when we are stressed and we have elevated levels of cortisol, that over time that can start to become something that uh, has a, a negative impact on progesterone production. And so what that means is that when you don't have enough progesterone in the luteal phase, which is that phase that we typically think of as um, PMS, that you will start to notice a lot more symptoms of PMS, worsening of those symptoms. Because in order for you to have a healthy luteal phase, you actually have to have more progesterone than estrogen. But most of us have the opposite. We have too much estrogen, not enough progesterone, and that's when all those PMS symptoms come in. So one of the ways in which that can happen for women where they find themselves with too much estrogen and not enough progesterone is when their stress levels are high. But how do we have stress levels be high, right? It's not just when the world is stressful or work is stressful. It's actually because more of it comes from the day-to-day -day mismanagement of our diet and lifestyle where we are ignoring our infradian rhythm and we're not eating the right amount of calories at the right phase of our cycle, or we're doing the wrong intensity workout at the wrong time in our cycle, and all of that disrupts insulin and cortisol each and every day, and that's a bigger problem for your, your hormones than the uh, occasional, let's say, work stress or life stress. Your body's designed to absorb that kind of episodic stress. It's this day-to-day -day diet and lifestyle stress because you're likely eating a diet and doing a workout that's designed to optimize male hormones and metabolism and it's disrupting yours that's creating more of this stress um, hormone connection is there a hormone anxiety connection absolutely when there's not enough um, progesterone or estrogen we can feel anxious um, when some women are very sensitive to uh, their hormones in their brain and their GABA receptors, and this can actually create PMDD. Um, and and you know when we're also when we don't have enough calories and we're you know having hypoglycemia, that can actually just create a hypoglycemic. One of the symptoms of hypoglycemia, which is low blood sugar, is um, anxiety. So there's many ways in which our hormones can factor into a, a feeling of anxiety, not getting enough sleep because we don't have enough progesterone in the luteal phase can create anxiety because you're sleep deprived. There's so many ways in which that, that can factor in and create a situation where you're feeling a little anxious. But um, again, the solution is not some sort of anti-anxiety medication, right? The solution is what can I do to support my hormones so that then I know that I've done the right thing by my hormones because my anxiety goes away, right? That's the game that you want to play is not, oh no, what do I take for this new symptom? It's become that detective and say, what could be going on? You know, am I not, for example, were you, are you skipping breakfast? Are you having too much caffeine? I was just talking to a, a, a woman who was telling me that she can't sleep and she's taking, you know, like 10 milligrams of uh, melatonin every night. That's a big dose of melatonin to take, and it's still not working for her. And then just randomly, she said, but I'm tired all day, so I drink like lots of Red Bull throughout the day. And I mean, if you're drinking Red Bull, which has got more caffeine than coffee <laughs> multiple times a day, just even one of those can prevent you from being able to fall asleep later in the day. So instead of, again, 
looking to spot treat your anxiety or your sleep your, your sleeplessness, look at what is it that I might be doing that is disrupting my body's perfectly tuned systems? Because your body is designed to function optimally. And it is usually something that we are doing ourselves that makes it stop working the way that it's supposed to. Nature designed us with really extraordinary systems and we're we're usually throwing some kink in the machinery and we don't realize it like we just get a quick fix sometimes definitely works for a little bit but then it messes up even more especially like something else exactly exactly like anxiety exactly. medicine and all of those they're the worst which supplements every woman should take well i mean i think that's an important question because so many of us are micronutrient depleted, you know, where we're busy, where we have kids, we're drinking lots of coffee, we're not getting enough food in, or we're living on salads, uh, you know, we're just, we may not be taking supplements at all, we could have been exposed to synthetic birth control for years and not done anything to, you know, come recover from the synthetic birth control syndrome. I think it's important just to establish the fact that most women do need um, micronutrients to help them, you know, just get through the day to day. And I think there are some important ones that every woman should take based on the research that I've done. Um, and I'd encourage you all to go to flowliving.com forward slash supplements so you can get the full list. But essentially, you're going to want a comprehensive B complex, you're going to want omega 3s, D3. Um, you're going to want some probiotics that can actually get into the small intestine that are, you know, coated properly to get through the stomach acid. You're going to need some things that support the liver's ability to detoxify estrogen. And then you're going to need some magnesium. And these, I think, are sort of like the baseline. You've got to have them. There's a lot of other supplements that you could take that are more specialized but I think just when we look at what the endocrine system absolutely needs to have a chance to give you some balanced hormones, you got to have these, these particular micronutrients each and every day. Why diets don't work for women? I know you said earlier because most of them, most of the studies were done on male samples and they were not done on women's bodies. But is it the main reason or are there any other reasons why diets don't work for women? Well, no, that's really, the, that's really it, but I can sort of go into a little bit more specific here. So for example, in the first half of your cycle, so after you're done bleeding, right, you're now in your follicular phase. In the follicular and ovulatory phase, your metabolism is slower. You can eat fewer calories. But then as soon as you're done with ovulation and now you're in the luteal phase or, or then the bleeding phase, your metabolism speeds up. And the research shows you need 200. 179 more calories per day. The problem with all the other diets is that they are the same every day, right? Same calories, same time of the day to eat, because in men, their metabolism is the same every single day. But as a female, your metabolism is not the same each and every day. And so it's really important that you have a diet that addresses that. And that's what the cycle syncing method will do, um, you know, because it really changes how much you're eating throughout the, we the weeks of the cycle so that it really matches your metabolic speed. This is interesting. I didn't even know that. 
Yeah. I mean, I've maintained a 60 pound weight loss for 20 years because I've been able to really work with this infradian rhythm. And, you know, and I'm somebody who had PCOS, as we talked about before, and, you know, weight is a big component of that excess weight. And it's really liberating to know that, you know, all you have to, it's really simple. It's like you eat less when your metabolism is slower and you eat a little bit more when it's faster. And then like magic, like it, it, like it works for men, right? And you do the right things for your metabolism. All of a sudden you just effortlessly get to the right weight for yourself, right? Because, and it's not such a struggle. You don't have to fight. You don't have to restrict calories. The reason why you feel historically like you've had to struggle to restrict calories is because half of the month you need almost 300 more calories every single day and you're trying to eat 1200 calories every day but you know at least two weeks out of every month you need you know 1479 calories or something depending on your body mass you could have more than that you might need 1600 calories whatever it is doesn't matter but just to use the example that if you were going to do a 1200 or 1300 calorie diet every day in the first half of your cycle, when you get, when you cross over ovulation, you have to add, you know, 280 calories to that per day in order for you to match your metabolic speed and to not create blood sugar instability and cortisol issues, which then trigger fat storage, right? Which is why the diets don't work for you. It's, it's pretty groundbreaking to be able to offer this isn't even a diet, like the whole word diet <laughs> is a problem because the idea is that you have to restrict. Um, and what, what I would like women to know is that there's no restriction needed. You just need to eat the appropriate amount of calories to match your metabolic speed and you never have to feel deprived. You just feel good, which is how nature wants you to feel. Right. Even just one more diet already like puts your body in panic mode. Especially, I learned myself kind of intuitively because I remember, I mean, every time when I don't eat enough, my period sometimes wouldn't even start on time. And when I eat enough at that time, when I really want to eat, it's normal. It's <laughs> so right. Yeah. I mean, you're, you, what, you know, that your food really affects your hormones. And that's, that's the big important message that I think every woman needs to know is what she's eating really counts. And not just for your period, like for your fertility for protecting and preserving your fertility. Let's say you don't want to have kids until your thirties, right? You got to take care of your fertility. So many women are struggling at younger and younger ages because they're doing all these things with diet and lifestyle that, you know, disrupt their bodies and, you know, it doesn't need to be that way. And I think it's important that we all get the right information. Yes. The right information is definitely very helpful in this case, how do you fix hormonal hair loss? So again, I think it's not something that you want to think about, like, uh, take this and it'll fix the hair loss. It's a, it's a multivariate situation, one that's hormonal, um, micronutrient based, stress related, you know, you have to look at absolutely everything that you want to do that's going to take care of your hormones in general is actually going to help with your hair health. So if you're going to be um, you know, using the cycle syncing method, that's a great place to start foundationally because you're going to keep your blood sugar balanced. You're going to keep your cortisol levels stable. You're going to decrease inflammation, improve detoxification in the liver. You're going to improve your bowel and your microbiome function. All of these things are just like foundational things that you have to have if you're going to have healthy hair. Then on top of it, you want to take the right supplements. And then you want to see 
if there's any any remaining you know excess androgenic effect that you're specifically dealing with and then there's a lot of herbal things that you can do from soft palmetto to peppermint that can really be helpful um, in dealing with that issue but i think it's really about approaching it from again that that root cause how do we really support the body so that the body has that abundance to to keep the hair healthy so true i think supplements work but only if you combine them with proper nutrition yeah and what are the benefits of orgasm for women's health oh i love that you asked this question it's like the missing supplement <laughs> you know so i think somebody interviewed me once they're like what what you know what is the most important micronutrient for women and i said well if i could if i could bottle it i would say you know vitamin orgasm because <laughs> vitamin <laughs> orgasm because it the benefits that you get from your orgasm are so vast so incredibly uh health beneficial for you for example it improves your collagen production it improves your cardiovascular function it improves your immune response it slows down aging it decreases inflammation it like protects your brain i mean you can't i don't think i've seen a supplement that can do all of that right uh, so if i could prescribe so to speak one thing that every woman does for herself would be to adopt a self a self pleasuring practice you know, something like twice a week where you're not using a vibrator, um, where you're really taking the time to stay in that orgasmic plateau before you reach climax. And what do I mean by that? Let's imagine your, your arousal process to be like from zero to 10. So or the orgasmic plateau that gives you all these health benefits is let's say between a four and an eight. And then anything after an eight, you're basically gonna have your climax, right? Climax is great. You get that little extra boost of all these health benefits as well, but it's really the length of time that you stay between a four and an eight in your orgasmic plateau that confers the vast majority of the benefits. And so the only way for you to do that is for you not to use a vibrator because that's going to short circuit all the nerve endings of the clitoris and you'll be too quickly um, arriving at that climax moment and missing out on all the benefits of the nitric oxide and the oxytocin that are produced and the cortisol flushing that come with that orgasmic plateau. So yeah, hugely beneficial self-care, self-pleasuring practice without a vibrator is the way to get that. Wow, that's very interesting. <laughs> I don't think it's talked about enough. No. Um, I, I think that we all feel a little like, you know, some, I mean, every time I talk about this and when I'm teaching, you know, I get a variety of responses. Mostly we're a little uncomfortable with the idea, but I think, you know, if we can put that discomfort aside and really just see it as another part of your self-care routine, like so many of us will spend all this money and time like doing elaborate skincare routines at home, right? You know, like your face mask and your serums and like, you'll like make a ritual out of that. You'll light a candle, you'll put your hair up in your favorite like terry cloth wrap. You'll, you know, you'll do your skincare ritual and you feel like you're doing something good for yourself and it's part of your self-care practice. Um, I think we should just start to think of this self-pleasuring practice as very similar to like if you do a weekly ritual of like putting on a face mask and taking 20 minutes to do that, I think if you can take 20 minutes once a week to self-pleasure, it'll change your health and your life.
Yeah, definitely. There are so many health benefits. No one even talks about it. But you know, that's why we're here today, right? Oh yeah, we're going to talk about it on your show. (laughs) (laughs) What women need to know about caffeine? You're asking such good questions. Um, So what you need to know about caffeine is that half of the population actually doesn't have a gene that creates uh, the enzyme that allows you to metabolize caffeine. That's really important because you can look up on the Mayo Clinic's website, Caffeine Toxicity, and read because what you're going to see there is a list of symptoms that you may be experiencing not connecting the dots, right? For example, one of the signs of caffeine toxicity, and what, why, what do I mean by that? That means that caffeine has, when you take in any caffeine, it has a half-life in your body. It takes uh, you know, several hours for it to leave your system. And for people who have this CYP1A2 gene variation where they don't make this enough of this enzyme to break caffeine down, that half-life is even longer. So let's say if a normal person without the gene variation can break down caffeine in six hours, for you it'll take 12 or 12 hours or longer. And let's say you have more than one cup of coffee or caffeine source, then now you're just doubling up, your body is just going to be flooded with this caffeine and you can start to have what is referred to as caffeine toxicity. One of the side effects are things like heart palpitations or sweating or anxiety. So here you could be, right, drinking coffee, having your matcha latte, whatever you're doing, doing it several times a day. And then you think to yourself, I don't know what's wrong with me. I have all this anxiety. I need some sort of anxiety medication. No, you might be one of the 50% of the population who has this gene variation who can't break down caffeine and it's causing havoc in your system. So that's one thing to know. Another thing to know is that it can increase the production of cysts in the body. So if you have a predisposition to have fibrocystic breasts or cystic ovaries, um, this is going to exacerbate those issues and it's not going to be something that you want to be dealing with. And I think the other thing to know is that it can really impair fertility. Um, Drinking coffee has been linked to um, decreased success rates for IVF and other fertility factors. And so there's a lot to know about caffeine. And also there's a link between the people who have the CYP1A2 gene variation. Uh, There's a related gene uh, that's the CYP, the CYB uh, gene that, you know, also helps with um, estrogen metabolism. So it's, there's some relationship here for people who, um, like myself, who have a hard time with dealing with some of the hormonal metabolism. Um, that led to my PCOS in the first place. I'm also one of those people who has this uh, caffeine intolerance. And so it could be linked that taking in caffeine can make your period issues worse too. And I hope that more studies are done on that as well. But I think if you're struggling with period issues, infertility, sex drive issues, anxiety, uh, dial back the caffeine as an experiment and see how your symptoms change. Wow, I see. I personally don't drink coffee at all. I cannot because it gives me terrible anxiety. My heart is beating so fast. I used so you have you do you, it's very likely you have this gene variation and you yeah. just experience that caffeine toxicity. Yeah, it's not in your head. You know, it's it's in your genes. <laughs> I thought it was before. I used to drink like three cups of coffee a day when I used to study and work full time. It was crazy schedule, but after like now past maybe seven. Eighty years, I don't drink coffee at all. Like decaf, maybe sometimes, but actual coffee, never, because it makes me feel like go to ER. 
Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. It's good. I mean, it's good to know that that could be something that's linked if you're struggling with anxiety. It's a, it's a common symptom of that caffeine toxicity. Wow, that's very interesting. Where can our listeners find you? Your social handles, all your information? Sure. You can go to flowliving.com. That's F-L-O living.com. And we're here to help you with, um, you know, whatever's going on with your, your hormones, your cycle, your fertility, everything. Um, you can get some free gifts if you purchase the new book in the flow by going to in the And then you can find me on social at flow living and at alisa.vidi. Thank you so much, Alisa. That was a very interesting episode. Oh my God. I've learned so much great information. I'm so glad you asked such great questions and it was a lot of fun to, to talk about all these wide-ranging topics thank you that was all for today guys and i'm sure you really liked this episode just to remind you not basic blonde podcast is available on all the major platforms and new episodes are every tuesday and thursday don't forget if you haven't subscribe rate and review not basic blonde podcast on apple podcasts your reviews mean everything to me thank you so much guys enjoy your day Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.